The Bible Study Podcast, episode 169. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues with part five of a study on money. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I hope you've been enjoying this study on money. I really hope you've been enjoying it because it's a little harder to do these topical studies. I left you with a couple questions last week, and that was, is it possible that if we are blessed by God with money or if we're blessed by God with a good job, especially here in a down economy, that is it possible that God does not intend that that wealth that we gain is just for us alone? We're going to look at those questions here over the course of two weeks. This week, we're going to look at some of the uncomfortable passages that talk about the rich in the New Testament that deal with this hoarding of money. And next week, we're going to look at the concept of stewardship. So first, getting into those uncomfortable passages, the first one I want to look at is from Luke, Luke chapter 12, verses 15 through 21. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. So this is a harsh story from Jesus, and again, very shocking to his audience. Remember how shocked the disciples were when they learned that it would be difficult for a rich man to get into heaven, more difficult than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. That is very countercultural. Their understanding is that a rich man is blessed by God and therefore closer to God. So this story is very much taking things and turning them on its head. So what is the problem with this man? He is clearly not rich in the eyes of God, nor wise in the eyes of God. God calls him both foolish and poor, or not rich. Jesus says that what he is attempting to do here, which is he's been given more than he can even store. He's been given more than he needs. Well, he already had more than he needs, and he got more on top of that. And instead of doing something else with it, and we'll talk about something else obviously next week when we talk about stewardship, he just decides to store it all, to build bigger barns, to have more and then to live the life of ease. And he loses everything because that very night his life is taken from him. And what will happen to everything that he had stored up? It goes to someone else. And an even more surprising story is Luke 16. Luke 16, Jesus tells a very challenging story about a rich man and Lazarus. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in hell, where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. 
So he called him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. This is an odd teaching. This is the only place that I can think of in the Bible where it would seem to imply that the way to get to heaven is to suffer here, and that if you live well here, you will suffer later. Isn't that what it just told us? Isn't that why the rich men ended up in hell and Lazarus ended up in heaven? Well, it's quite possible if we try to make this consistent with the other teachings of Jesus, that this is exaggerated to make a point. But we have to deal with the fact that this story is here. And I say we have to deal with that fact because if you were within the sound of my voice, if you were listening on this on a computer or an iPod or a Zoom player or something like that, you are likely rich. At least rich in the statistical average of the world. The average salary in the world, taking everyone into account, is about $8,000 a year. So if you make more than that, you are above average. Now, obviously, that depends a lot on where you live. That would be considered a poor salary in the U.S., and it would be a king's riches in Ethiopia, where the average annual salary is $90. There are many people who have less than I have. There are many people who have less than what you have. And so we have to look at these stories and say, what's the deal here? Is the rich man being punished for being rich, or is he being punished for letting this beggar lie at his doorstep and doing nothing about it? It doesn't say. But certainly if we take the two stories together, and remember one was told by Jesus about four chapters earlier, there certainly seemed to be an implication in that first story that that man had done something wrong with his wealth, that he had hoarded it. And that because of that, he was both a fool and he was poor while being rich. So I have to wonder, as I look at this story here, if that's the problem we have with this rich man. There was a beggar lying at his doorstep with the dogs licking his open sores, and he did nothing about it. Is that why he ends up in torment? to the place where that even someone dipping the tip of their finger and putting it on his tongue would be considered relief. You get the impression, don't you, that God cares what we do with our money. You almost get the impression that this money thing is of some importance to God. To balance this out a bit, I want to read from 1 Timothy 
chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Paul writes to Timothy, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them then to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. A couple things that we should notice that Paul says in this writing is he doesn't say, command those who are to be rich that they need to give away everything they have or they'll go to hell. That's at least one thing. And he does say that God provides us with everything for our enjoyment. That it isn't that God wants us to live lives that are joyless. In fact, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, remember that joy is that second thing listed. So we are not necessarily being called to an aesthetic lifestyle that is joyless and poor. But Paul's instructions are very practical to take those who are rich and remind them, don't put your hope in your riches. We'll talk a little more probably in two weeks about security where we'll look in more depth at that theme. Because he says it's uncertain. Well, this is uncertain times. We've certainly learned some of that. But put your hope in God. And then he also says, be rich in good deeds. That's what that first rich man was poor in as he was hoarding things. He's saying, be generous. If God has given you more than your barns can hold, perhaps it's not for you. If God has given you more than you need to survive, is there a beggar who's at your door? If God has given you and blessed you and continues to give you, perhaps the intention of God is that you share. And that is what Paul encourages people to be to be willing to share, to lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. With that, we're going to bring this episode of the Bible Study Podcast to a close. If you have any questions, feel free to leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or drop me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can remember, also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. As always, thanks so much for listening. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. 